AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Gammon joint is pretty completely acceptable for a Christmas Day meal, but why didn't you have turkey? Why why did you have chicken? Uh, the the reason is because turkey is shit, and I don't give a fuck about traditions, mate. It's it, it, I'm cooking the ro- I'm cooking the Christmas dinner. Super. None of us like turkey. Well, dear, everyone well. loves chicken. It's well, dear. Let's go with I'm, chicken. It's dry, isn't it? Ah, oh, it's well dry, mate. Well fucking dry. Yeah, maybe you're I'm not, not cooking having it any probably. of it. One of the worst meats, I'd say. Yeah, the yeah, zone. And dick. No, dick. Dick's a good meat, I think. If you, if you got a, in it, like if you had to rate your meats, and you know, if you say, I'd imagine a steak, like a prime steak, would be top, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least Champions League probably won it a couple of times. I'd say, yeah. So, so a steak's top, top draw meat, right? And then, and what well, a shit meat is like turkey, like which might yeah. be like tenth. Where's dick? In between that, dick, dick yeah, who it belongs to. Well, I just don't imagine, like, just on an average, how where Rick, where do you rate dick between one and ten? One uh, being the uh, best, I'd probably say it's got to be five. Go, go for the middle, <laughs> dick's five, yeah, five. yeah. <laughs> turkey, much rather have dick than turkey, <laughs> easily. Uh, this is the Fighting Court podcast, it is episode 34. Four, six, five, five. It's one of those. And uh, my name's Flav, and we're joined. I'm joined by Ricky and Felonius. How you doing, boys? Awesome. All good. All good. That's not true, is it, Rick? But we won't go into that. <laughs> um, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so, would you have, would you say the result against Southampton T was a blip in the road? How would you describe that result and that performance and what happened in that in that game? I think it's Overall. fine. I think it's absolutely fine. Um, I've not followed social media or read whatever to say on WhatsApp about it, but I think it's fine. We don't learn anything from in every game four or five nil. We learn more from uh, how good our squad is, how good the players are, from when things don't always go your way. <clears throat> so this is our third game in a little over a week after we've had after it's been a COVID outbreak. Southampton set up very well. Yeah, and I was impressed just, by him. It's just, just one of those things. It's it's frustrating. Um, we had two arguably legit goals disallowed, but I wouldn't. It's not something I'd worry about. To be fair, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I tweeted after just after the game saying like this is like you know sometimes you don't get a rubber of green, um, and the ball just wouldn't go in for us. Fraser Forster, while not 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 putting out any complete world class saves a lot of the shots were sort of aimed at him at the right height but a lot of shots from distance and when you're just trying to get the ball over the line it's become speculative and the kind of composure element disappears because there's this sort of panicked energy and that's perhaps something that Conte can still in the team where you don't panic just play your game and I, I, maybe they did do that that was just sort of my observation but it, it was it was it's not an issue and actually I like I like what you said there T about it not being you don't learn anything by bulldozing a 10-man Southampton team 4-0. I'd much rather not learn anything and win 4-0, right? But oh, in the course. long 
in the long run though there is a there's a positive to gain from that and then you learn you learn about you learn something or Conte I guess learns something about um the way his squad performs in that scenario and what he might do in future to fix it Rick what what's your takeaway overall from the game that Conte get him out yeah That's there was it. a few Fucking one one to a ten man Southampton. No way. Get him was, out. Was that the was that the feeling after after final whistle, Rick? Was you like how no, 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 not at all. Um I was I was disappointed, but it's one of those things where it's not it's it's probably the word's not nice to have, but um oh. it's it's a reminder <clears throat> as to say no matter how well things um have been going for us and I'm fully on the Conte Tottenham train um, that we're, we're not invincible and that there is still work to be done. And as the January transfer uh, window opens that we probably will dip in and buy some players and get rid of some players. But yeah, against a 10 man Southampton for, you know, for, for a lot of the match, um, we did have a lot of the ball. We were kind of um, attacking, but it just didn't feel like we were ever going to. Gonna, we, we, yeah, we were going to get that second goal. I mean, there, there's again like the rub of the green that that we didn't have, but also when we were taking shots and getting into decent positions, it just didn't feel like um, it, it was a bit between Southampton defending extremely well. Yes, and uh, we just looked a bit tired and a bit lost for ideas about how to get us over the line. Um, against against Palace of ten men at home, we looked fresh. We looked kind of. It was like you just knew we were going to sweep them away. But against Southampton uh, and the way they were they were playing, uh, playing high line, and they 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 got us every time. It just felt like we had started to run out of ideas in the second half, um, and we were kind of just prodding the ball around, uh, switching play. But it was never really. They were never really in danger that much to be honest but it's a it's, a it's a reminder it's a reminder to say that this is nowhere near the finished article no it's just uh, the beginning of Conte's reign you know he's not I get the disappointment I was disappointed like I was I was screaming and shouting and swearing right and my missus said you haven't reacted like this to a game for ages like for ages there was a time where I'd get so invested and so het up in a game that it would, I'd have to apologise afterwards because I'd still, all the shit that come out of my mouth, um, and it goes with it goes with that every game being really important, and like it feels like every game's really important now. Like we're pushing towards top four, and when you when you don't get those three points, or when you feel like you had a great chance as we had yesterday, and, and we don't get it, it, naturally it is frustrating, but it is just the beginning. This is just the start of Conte's tenureship. He's... Yeah, it is. I mean, like like you just said, I think the frustration is that we have a fair few games in hand and everyone can kind of say, yeah, we'll win all those games and we'll go a, a couple of points above the Gooners, we'll get back in the Champions League spot. And But after that game against Southampton, West Ham are above us, Arsenal are above us. And it does feel a bit like a missed opportunity and it does feel a bit like um, old Tottenham, as in that it was there for the taking 
against 10 men Southampton and, and we didn't do it. Can I um, like, just interrupt but, you, Ricky? But I don't think that is going to be a long-term thing, but it is that same old feeling where I think people might feel a bit... Yeah, that's fair. More disappointed. Because as Spurs, we we are used to this feeling, and and it's easy to slip into a mindset that because Conte here that that won't be Conte's here that that won't be present in the current Spurs squad. But we had we had poor results, or results we should have won under Pochettino. We had them under we've had them under every manager that's ever managed us. So it won't be there. Will be these games, and I just want to say like. we did do enough, right? Because Doherty's foul, in inverted commas, on F- F- Forster wasn't a foul. It should have been given, right? And um, Kane's onside goal with the change in the rules of offside that I uh, that, that I thought had come into play, well, it meant that he should have been on. He should have been given the goal, and, and there was nothing wrong with it. Now, if Conte had created those two scenarios, which we'd scored at, and then the, the, the decisions had gone against us, then in theory. Well, it could be argued that Conte did do enough in the second half for us to to win the game because if it wasn't for some bad officiating, we would have won it. Is that fair to you? Yeah, um, did enough to win. Um, smashed the many XG that I know Ricky loves so much. I think we got <laughs> what, what did we get? I think we got I think we got two and a half, and they two had and a half. Um, less than one. Get Is it? Yes, mate. <laughs> Fucking smashed it on XG. Oh, oh yay! <laughs> So with that said, I think we did all right. We created enough chances. Um, oh, yeah. We had issues where we, I think we had the lowest amount of chances in the in the Premier League right, under Nuno. So now we're creating chances. Um, the players who uh, regarded as fringe players who, when they start, don't feel too upset about. I guess I'm talking about um, Delhi and and Harry Winks. Mm. And I think there's a lot lot to be positive about. I mean, in cold hard facts, we should be beating Southampton and um, without ten men, but. I I feel I feel very secure with Conte at the helm. I liked his comments after the game. It was you know magnanimous. Um, gave credit to Southampton and just realised that there's work to be done. I think that bigger picture is that this could be a good game for us. This could be a game where we play Watford and you know we fist them up the arse about taking our watch off. This is what should happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, I did I not wanna, see that coming. <laughs> I, I want to lose my watch inside Watford. <laughs> exactly. I want to have to, after, after, after Watford's sort of sweating, exhausted, face down on the floor, I want to root around him and find my watch. Uh, <laughs> find a Roly, find a Patek. Yes, I got it back. Um, I don't have to tell my wife, I lost my Rolex. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's one of them. In terms of fringe players, actually, that's an interesting conversation because I don't know what a fringe player is under Conte anymore. All these players are, are useful and are um, are tools at his disposal. And uh, you know, he's done a fantastic job in making Winks playable and uh, or be able to play for Spurs and not worry too much about him. Although he did have two two moments where it sort of reminded me of when he played in a sort of holding midfield against Bayern Munich and he looked a bit lost and it was just two moments in the game elapsing concentration where he lost the ball in a dangerous area and he's playing in a he's playing in a dangerous position a lot of responsibility on his shoulders but other than those two mistakes he, he played very well yesterday he's very um, forward thinking just white pops Winksy. into my head sorry who winks he? yeah I mean uh, um, 
Yeah, I, I to- totally agree. Like for um, was it the sun penalty? Was that Winks that put it through? I believe it was. And then um, for Kane's offside goal, I'm was doing Winks. air quotes, but no one can see that. Um, was that Winks. was Winks again? And then there was, there was also a, a ball in the last. It, like, last the Dorothy goal was Winks as all as well. Was sure. it? Was he? No, it was Hill, you're right. There was another one that Wink, uh, Winks put in. Yeah. A diagonal sort of floaty uh, one. Uh, yeah, and there was like a, a little flick on header towards the end and he didn't get it on target. But uh, I think Kane should have done better with that. But that's three fucking opportunities where... I think, I think you call Winks that a key, a key chance. Key chance. Assisted from, from Winks three. <laughs> I mean, like, this is what we, we, we kind of wanted from, from him. The, the, the safe passing. We know we can keep the ball ticket, like, keep the ball ticking over <coughs> and in possession. Um, but it was just the more offensive side to his game to be a bit more kind of uh, hurtful in how he's trying to put people through. And the last few games, man, he's put, he, he, you know, he's done so well. Like, I didn't even think this was part of his game. And I just um, want to say fair play to him. No, fair, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it was um, Dan, Dan Kilpatrick we'd done a pod with last week. And he said that his understanding was that Winks never wanted to leave, but he just felt lost. He felt like last year, thought he had no chance under Nuno. And it was it was never going to happen. And yeah, he looks like I, I'm not saying he looks, looks like a different player. I'm still not 100 percent sure he's good enough. Or yeah. when I say good enough, if we have aspirations of winning the league, then I don't necessarily think Winks is playing 40 games in that league season. But um, right now. And who's to say he can be trained and, and, and created to be the player that becomes that 40, 40 game a season title challenging side, part of that side. But um, yeah, right now he's doing his job. Um, There's just this thing that popped into my head about Rag, Ragnik, Ragnik. Is it is that right? Uh, yeah. The uh, United uh, coach. <clears throat> Every, he had like a 100% record for United. He, they were woeful against Newcastle. Absolutely shit. And no Man United fan was going into that uh, expecting that result. So it's everyone's, like, regardless who your manager is, or if there's a, a new manager bounce or someone doing things differently, and there's Man United fans talking about Ragnick being the guy who's going to take them back to Champions League places and moreover a title challenge. Like, like you know what I mean? It's, everyone can have a game that it doesn't quite go against them. Let's not lose our shit. Well, you know, the, the Southampton game could be like when Arsenal battered Chelsea under Conte, you know what I mean? Maybe some players haven't got a way back and we just smash teams up. Yeah. Well, there's, but there, was a, there was a guy on Twitter who said um, Conte made his first mistake as a Spurs manager by not bringing Hill on and bringing Doherty on at half-time. Um, I, I think that's really harsh. I don't think at half-time, given the amount of time we had left, it wasn't... It was. They, they were still fresh. They're still able to break. Hill came on when Southampton went into their box, shut down and um, became quite leggy. And Hill punished them on that right-hand side. But I don't think the right time to bring him on would have been when Doherty scored. And again, uh, sorry, when Doherty came on. And again, if that goal's counted and Kane's goal is considered to be onside, then no one's criticising Conte. Everyone's heralding him again. And like uh, I said, listen, to, sorry, I don't. I don't regret not reading Twitter during and after a game when, when that's the sort of content that that you're reading. Um, mm. I thought Doherty did all right for the most part. So, he so made. Right. No, I mean I listened back to the Patreon pod. Please sign up. 
I said the word nuisance over and over again. And that's what I thought he was. I would have liked to have seen deeper crosses for him because he's very good at coming in on a far post and um, dealing in. I mean, he's bigger than Walker Peters. He could have easily won a few headers at the far post. And I thought he did all right. Um, I think Reggion, I think we can all agree, it looked like he was going to get sent off. He was getting wound up 100%. by... 100%. It's a general game and, and the fans. So I think it was a good sub. I mean, perhaps maybe... Odon comes on and you put Davis as at wing back. I don't know, but why doesn't that happen? Why is it? Uh, There's one of the things that's been a. Uh, I was going to say troubling me. It's not really troubling me. It's just a, a thought of why would you not put Davies at, at left wing back and bring Roden on instead of putting Doherty, who's a right sided wing back, as the left wing back. I, I just don't. I don't uh, understand we, it. We talked a bit, a bit about Roden in the five statements after the Palace game, and. Um, the only logical conclusion is that given the fact that he's worked under three managers, that he's not good enough to play at that level. It's the only logical explanation because to suggest that he should throw Roden in from a fan's perspective is purely on the basis is because he hasn't played much for us and when he has played, he looks okay. But on that basis, um, we're saying Roden should come in whereas Conte's looked at him Mourinho's at him, so has Nuno, and ha- and have haven't consistently picked him. So it must be that he's not even not good enough, or he's not suited to the the left hand side position of back of three. They know, don't they? These managers, yeah. whether you like them or not, they must know. So there must be something there. Um, no, I agree. I think he's I think he's probably more likely to be deployed at the centre of the three, and also it puts two people out of position. I don't think Ben Davis is a very good wing back. I don't think he's got the um, athleticism for that position. So, in Doherty, he just puts one person out of position, which is Doherty himself and not Davies <laughs> and someone else out of position. So, I get the logic from Conte. And um, I'm a bit of a Conte truther. And every, everything he does, I just agree with because he's just brilliant. I think we all are, we're all at that stage, aren't we? Rick, are you... Uh, yeah, just, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a nice position to be in. There isn't one. There can't be one man, um, one Tottenham Hotspur fan out there that goes. I'm not sure Conte is the one. <laughs> like, like oh, believe imagine. me, there will be social they, media. There's every every opinion on, <laughs> that exists on social media. They can't. Can they? How can there be? How can there find me? Someone find me a single Spurs fan out there who is Conte out already. If you can, I want to invite that person on the podcast to discuss. Just please tell me oh, if you know anyone who just it doesn't have to be a whole podcast. I'll just chat to him ten minutes and put it in there and find out what, where where his or her mind's at. Um, <laughs> it's just be fascinating, and it's not to ridicule them. It's just literally to have a conversation with someone who thinks completely different to every single person on the planet. Um, we uh, we had some questions, We've got plenty of decent questions, and um, I thought I'd ask some. Uh, so. Uh, big white art lane. I like this idea because I'm not sure if you've seen in rugby that you hear um, exactly what the referee is saying all of the time. Uh, he asks, uh, should fans be allowed to hear the officials' deliberations like they can in rugby and cricket? Also, why is it why is it that football buses deny us the level of tra- this level of tra- transparency? It's a weird one in 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 the in in, in Premier League football in football any level where referees are not only you can't hear them, they're not mic'd up and that's not too weird but the fact that they don't get to explain their decisions is it T do you think is it because they see themselves above 
explanation and to, to have to give explanation constantly it, it undermines their position or do you think it will just cause more problems than it's worth what what would you make of that or should they be mic'd up and should we or at least be able to hear their explanations of some of the decisions that they make it might cause, it might cause more problems than it's worth i mean i think it's a good idea in in theory but if it's an intense game like a derby and the ref's got to explain why he isn't given a penalty with, um, I don't know, 50,000 Bay and angry fans. I, I get the logic. I think that there should be some transparency. We should be able to know what's going on. I mean, the Diego Jota penalty claim against us um, the other day, the mm. uh, ref, well, Klopp said the ref said that Jota, Jota stopped. I don't think, I mean, even as a person, I don't, I don't think Jota stopped, but that's what the referee said. So maybe that would help, but then maybe there's just more column inches for for the referees and maybe they get more grief yeah journalists would 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 lap it up i don't yeah i I don't see the the benefit to it really because i think people that want it maybe this comes from this sentiment comes from big while alain you asked the question bloodlust is that they 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 think that the referee will be able to explain the reason why they gave the you know the um doherty or the own goal from forrester as offside when their explanation is not going to make you feel any better, I don't think. So it's probably wouldn't make much much difference at all. But it would be interesting. There'd be tons of column inches about it. But I guess where there's there's one controversy about the whatever the incident is, and then there's going to be another controversy about what the explanation for the incident is. So it's just probably not in their best interest to actually speak about it. But I think um, they I think they probably will do eventually. But because the rules seem to be changing quite rapidly each season that there isn't a kind of uh, it's it's more down to interpretation different refs interpretation of it so it's quite loose really so some people are saying yeah that's a penalty and some aren't saying that's a penalty and i think until they fight until they really get um, a really good process in place where they're able to confidently explain why they've made that decision um, I don't think mics will be will be turned on. Maybe in a couple of seasons where everything is bedded in and everyone kind of knows the rules exactly as they're supposed to be. I know, you, obviously, ref in a Premier League game, there, sh- there should be, but you don't want to put people in those positions when they're all mic'd up and they are a little bit apprehensive of calling a certain big, big decision when they are not 100% sure. So I think, yeah... That, it would be a, it would be great for for them to do it, but I just don't think it will come into football just as yet. Can we have a massive shout out for Davis and Sanchez? Another fucking solid game, like solid quality. I thought again and again a player that I've really really loathed. <laughs> again, I don't say that lightly. I loathed him, um, and I'd like to you know take this moment to apologise to Davis and Sanchez and say you've done really really well. Good for you. I think well, I think teams. Thanks. I mean, it's important about saying when you're wrong, and 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 thus far, I'm I am I was wrong about him. I'm really pleased with. I'm like incredibly grateful for the work he's doing currently. T, you must be quite smug because you um you always backed him. (laughs) I don't know about always backed him, but um, he does have the ability. But I feel it's a bit shot window with um with Sanchez again because. Looking at Delict and De Vries and probably a couple of other centre backs, and 
Odon, Tanganga and Sanctus, I think, are in the eye of the <laughs> eye of the storm in terms of um, maybe they'll leave in the next couple of windows. Mm. But I'm enjoying Sanctus' recent form. And what's even better, it looks like he's having fun out there. Someone yeah. like Sanctus is quite stoic. He doesn't show much um, you know, emotion on the pitch. I mean, he, well, he when he against, scored, yeah. Against Leeds, he didn't celebrate. He just kind of had a stone <laughs> face, you know. And um, <laughs> Even when he, they were celebrating the other day, was, there was five of them. And uh, everyone was laughing. And he was just at the back with this stone cold stare. He was he was doing a gesture. I liked it. It was good. Um, when he missed the shot against Palatine, it was on his left foot. He had a little bit of a laugh to himself, and it's like the other teammates kind of sensed that you know what he saw the funny side of of a bad miss. He was already doing a lot, but um, I I love what Conte's doing. He's putting egg on all of our faces. Probably players that all three of us wanted gone are absolute revelations at the moment. I think you should apologise to Lucas Mora. If we're all uh, doing apologies, you should apologise to Lucas Mora. You you called me, you, you you called him an experiment. <laughs> I've said worse about other players, but um, yeah, Mora's doing well. I mean, I said worse about Harry Winks. I've said worse about Eric Dial. Um, Mate, Lucas Mora. I know we didn't we didn't record after Palace, but he's he's displaying as Palace was wonderful. No, he, he's doing great, but again, I think it's still a bit shop window for me. He's, he's thirty next year, so I think in the summer. There might be a few shocks that are, that will leave Tottenham, but I'm happy with his recent form. He looks, um, again, people just look a lot more confident. Someone like Windy has long said that players who are on the fringes of the squad will get thrown in, in, into one game. So I think Nuno had 10 new players for a Euro game, and we we're saying, this is why they're shit, this is why they don't get in. But blending Mora and Winks with first-team players, and they look good. Because the standard goes up, you know. Same with Sessignon as well. Sessignon comes on against Liverpool. He's with um, he's with our first choice defenders, the other four, and he looks good. And I think it's the same with Mora and with Winks that they're with first team players, and they and the performance goes up. That didn't sound like an apology at all. Uh, Chadwick said after, <laughs> after Chadwick said on that note after the ref disallowing two legitimate goals, what was the bad thing you did in, to a family member? And didn't admit that you were wrong or apologise during the Christmas period. Um, Ricky, you should probably go on that. Um, <laughs> you, you you did something you was told not to do, and I bet you haven't apologised. If I know if I know you correctly, yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. Um, I was advised by my missus not to go out and get drunk and roll in at two o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I promised her that it would be a few drinks, uh, just meeting up with some of the lads just to blow, you know, the, the Christmas cobwebs away. And what I got do? in at two o'clock in the morning and <laughs> I did exactly the opposite of what she told me to do. <laughs> and I literally don't remember getting in. I don't remember the taxi. Fucking just belted, really. Um, and I haven't apologised. You I've haven't apologised. I've just kept quiet. Kept, kept <laughs> out of the way of the uh, the kind of the tornado in the house, just sidestepping, just being quiet in a corner. Yeah. So what do you do right, when you're in the doghouse? Like, what? How do you? How do you navigate that scenario? Like, when you say quiet in a corner, what happens when your missus comes into the front room and you're in the fr- front room? Do you have? Do you suddenly get up and pretend you're tidying? No, uh, I probably should do that. Uh, no, no, she well, she would come in, and the first thing I, like, I'd have my phone in my hand, so I'd just like put it on 
like turn the power button on and throw it on the on the sofa like I'm not on my phone, <laughs> stewing in my own mess, hungover, wanting the world to swallow me up, pretending that I'm okay with it. When I'm not, I'm I'm hurting inside. It's horrible. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> uh, just on that note, uh, T, you know when you're like at home. And what you really want to do is just lie on the sofa, put your hands down your jean, your trousers or your or your tracksuit bottoms, and have your phone in your left hand and browse whatever you whatever you might be in. Or or you want to watch a film, or you just want to chill out watching telly. But you know there's things in the house that need doing, and you know it's quite likely that your missus is doing productive things elsewhere in the house. But you take that little moment to get a little bit of you time, but then you hear her coming down the stairs. Can you ever admit to a pretending to have been doing something when you was actually doing something else? Jump up, type, like plump the pillows up, whatever it might be. Um. Well, you just get everything been, done, don't you? So you you're know, not in trouble. I've been on a bit of a growth thing over the last few weeks. Um, yeah. I guess you guys have noticed more than most in that um, phone screen time was 10 hours a day at, at its worst. Got my phone yeah. off. Longer than I'd be working. Now I'm down to two, three hours a day. Do you feel phone. better for it? I do. I feel a lot more present. Um, you know, when I'm with my child, who's, who's five, um, I'd be having my phone in one hand. I'm watching them while I'm looking at my phone. And, you know, that's obviously not helpful. TV shows, like Succession, in their hand, watching a TV show at the same time. Yeah. And now I find that, you know, I'm a lot more present. I'm a lot more productive. So... At work, I think I only had two more working days after I had made that, had that epiphany. Um, I said, no music, no podcast to smash the workout because sometimes I'll be, I'll have WhatsApp web open, having conversations with my work, having conversations all at the same time. And, you know, I'm a, I can't really multitask that well. It's so. legit an addiction, though, mate. Your phone is a complete addiction for, for lots of people. Damaging. It is, no, it really is. And being present with your you know, five-year-old is really important. Like, and, and I, I know how difficult that is because five-year-olds can be well boring, but... It can be annoying. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh God, what have you got to say to me? Like, intellectually, I'll run you around the park, run all, all around you. Yeah, you I, I'll leave you in a puddle of puke because uh, <laughs> based on your intelligence and mine, it's just the way it is. A five-year-old it can't, can't match you. But... It is important to spend time with them. I'm not sure if the, I've tried to make a good point, but I'm not sure I have there. I missed his um, watch in the room as he said that, so I went quiet. How many... Uh, so, uh, now that your missus is in the room, how, how have you God reduced no. the amount of self-pleasuring? Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's been reduced as well, to be fair. Yeah? Um, yeah, so I've, uh, that's, that's, that's reduced a great deal. Are you watching your football without your phone in your hand? Yeah. Um, Liverpool game, for example. Um, I see the team line up. Throw it in another room. I watched the entire game. Off time, I went downstairs with the family. Back for the second half. And at 8 o'clock each night, the phone goes away. I, and I wow, the next good morning. Stuff. That's well, good stuff. I'm, I'm going to go a bit old school here and say uh, 50s round of applause for T. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah, well, I, didn't well like, done. I, I didn't sound I'm like I'm not ignoring anyone. It's just a bit of self-growth. Do you have people that text me and went, is T okay? Like, is T all right? Like, because he's always on his phone. He's always responding. He's always there. But, um, yeah, I had to reach out. I was like, T, you're right. And, then, yeah, no, it turns out he's all right. He's actually better than all right. He's better than he was before. Um, uh, I had a question, and it's gone. It doesn't matter. 
Um, oh, just one more thing. How fully engorged was you when Lucas Moura leapt and headed that ball home against Palace? Like, God, I, I was at the game. I thought he died. What do you mean? Because he looked like he landed on his head. Oh, is that what you were thinking instead of celebrating? I mean, I was like, whoa, what a goal. But then I thought, <laughs> is he okay? And then he got up. Thank God for that. What a leap. A, celebrating a bloke dying. It's a mega leap. <laughs> he's like a salmon, isn't he? He's just, he's incredible in the air. It's a bit like um, Tommy Cooper. Like when Tommy Cooper died, people thought it was part of his act. Then they realised he was dead. I thought it'd be like that again. That's the way to go, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. People think that you're acting, but you're dead for about three days. <laughs> and then so you're starting to bloat. You're starting to bloat. <laughs> you go stiff and people still think you're mucking about. Um, Cole Prophet said, would a season without offsides be more or less enjoyable? Football without offsides would be a horrendously shit game. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be rubbish, Cole. Um uh, Booch, he says, given the resurgence of the out-the-door players under Conte and the risk-reward of cashing in on them when we can only, when we can on them, v them, carry in their form permanently. I don't know what that means. I'm curious of what price your lads, you lads would sell the following players for. This is good. I like this. I always like this game. Winks, what price would turn your head, Rick? Oh, man, I, feel, I, I answered this couple of weeks back where are you at now though completely forgot um i always think <laughs> i think you said that, 35 yeah i would say 35 and the thing is as well because they are like british players always have that extra couple of like meal bonus so like 35 38 you'd have Actually, to say 30, yeah you'd have to you'd, you'd have, have to sell them at that i, I might i'd consider 25 what about you team 30 30, okay, that's surprising. Uh, Eric Dyer, that's a good one. Hey. How much? A T. 30. I think right now it would take more than that. And we've had yeah. we've been in this position before, isn't it? Because we remember you can, only when he... you can only play in a back three, though. His weaknesses, the, the, the brilliance of Conte is that he's hiding weaknesses of players by yeah. the formation. So Agreed. Davies and Dyer look probably better than they are, which is fine. But yes. you put them in a flat back four and you want to be punching wards again. So that's my reason. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I do. But do you remember the time when um, Man United wanted to buy him from us when, under Pochettino? Yeah, and yeah. I think the bid was 50 million. We all went at the time, no way. I mean, there was a little risk at this because we're talking about eight weeks of football under Conte and suddenly all the prices of all these players have gone up by 20 million. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say right now, because we need him, if, if, if a bid came in January... For anything less than forty million, I wouldn't accept. Davinson Sanchez. Well, Twelve million. Twenty five. Twenty five. Twelve million, Rick. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you were saying earlier, Max and lyrical about Sanchez. It's great that Conte um, has managed to get a, a tune out of him, but he, for me, he's just he's for where we want to be. He's just not the. He's not the guy, really. What about what, about what he did to Will Saha? I was Saha? being facetious, obviously, but... Um... What about what he did to Will Saha? I loved that, by the way. We haven't talked about it because we didn't record after the game. Um, well, we did. If you're a patron, become a patron. Fightingcock.co.uk forward slash... No, fuck, I can't always do this, Ricky. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the Fightingcock. We do lots of great content. One of which is the Five Statements podcast, which comes out more or less after the game. 
and um, we, we talked about uh, um, so you know after the Palace game, Sanchez is his gamesmanship, but also his sort of how headstrong he was in um, that that situation bizarre. Because you remember last season, uh, last se- like earlier in the season, where Tanganga lost it. And they had to, it was a similar sort of performance from Zaha, very yep. strange and very sort of full of angst and and, and aggression and, and sort of but uncontrolled aggression. Um, he just couldn't keep himself calm the same way he couldn't in the first game. It worked out for them in the first instance and it worked out for us in the second instance. But for Sanchez to go down like he did with that tap from Zaha... Um, although, you know, like Cal said on five statements, you can't tackle from behind. Everyone knows that. You do it, it's a foul. And the way, when you first looked at it, it looked like he'd trod on the back of his foot. That's what I thought would happen. So that would be a yellow card. So it was a yellow card. And then all Sanchez did was shield him. That was for the second one. He did All he did was shield him. And Zal couldn't keep his temper intact and, and pushed him over. It was just, it was excellent work from Sanchez. Anyway, 12 million, you're saying. I'm saying, I'm saying 20, like two, yeah. 20, 20, 25. Was your yeah? Well, because yeah, I, I mean, uh, twelve was million. That was that a burp? Was that a burp? I would never burp on a podcast. Imagine if that was that was your burp. Uh. <laughs> I remember, mate. My dad, he so he would the only you know I people have mannerisms when they go for a piss. Blokes do, and my bedroom used to be near the toilet. And one of the things my dad would all, always do, like he'd even running up the stairs and he'd go for a piss. And obviously he's a man, so he pissed with the door open. He's a bloody bloke. And then he'd always go, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. And I'd sit there, he'd come in and I'd sit there and I'm waiting for it. Bop, 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 there it is. <laughs> bop. <coughs> bop, bop, bop. Uh, okay, next one is Deli Ali. That's he. It's 25.30, probably, yeah. Doherty, yep. free. Yep, free, <laughs> agree. Fucking free. Do you have only Lo Celso? 25. Yeah, 25-30. Such a shame because there's definitely a player in there. Definitely is. It's just where well, we, we can't, see it. We, we can't keep living like there's a player in there, mate. We've got, we've got to make decisions. We're bigger than that now. We're better than that. Well, with Conte, with our... With our um, you know, he's he's kind of... His track record and everything we know about Conte, you're right. T is if these players are not good enough, if they're not going to work, then they don't need they don't need to be here. Let's just get on. We can't just bank on him eventually, hundreds like returning to form. Same with Delhi, like you said it, but a few few and you said it about Ndombele as well, which is the next one. Is is either if either it works this time or it doesn't. If it doesn't, let's get new players in and get them out. Um, I think uh, yeah, Ndombele now. I still think 35. Uh, 40, I'd, I'd say 35 would be would be good, but maybe except lower. I just um, we had 60 million, didn't we? I know, but it, 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 he ticked all the boxes and all of those stats graphs. He <coughs> performed well in all of those. Even now, he's, he's looking all right in those um, stats columns. But ultimately, we need someone who's a bit more dynamic against Palace and against Southampton. We needed someone who could. Take the lines and penetrating passes, and he's the only one who can do that. But not been able to do that for one reason or another. I think maybe he needs to go back to France, rebuild, and come again. But maybe the Premier League is just a bit too intense for him. 
He um, would have been. I thought he would have been the the perfect player to bring on yesterday against Southampton, playing the high line, picking balls for Kane and Son to run onto. It's but got great vision just, as well. Just didn't get a sniffer. I just cut. I, um, Mistake yeah, by Conte? Mistake by Conte, you say? Well, do you, well like when you said earlier, like like when, when someone said about a mistake by Conte, it does it does always make me laugh when people call out, you know, Brian from Torquay is saying that Conte has made a mistake. I just think that, <laughs> do you know what? Leave it. Yeah, leave Shut it, Shut up, mate. Brian. Yeah. yeah. Shut up, Brian. <laughs> shut up, Brian. <laughs> just shut your mouth. Just shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> It's like that twat. He, like Brian is the twat in the friend group where you just kind of keep along because you've known him a long time. And he's one of them ones like, you got to get to know him and he's all right. But deep down, he ain't. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a wanker. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Brian. As soon as, it, as soon as the final whistle goes, Conte out? Question Conte mark. out? Question mark? Yeah, just sent it, sends it into the box. Well, that, I, don't, I mean, no, it's early, but Conte out? <laughs> um, Dusan Vla, Vlahovic. Uh, he's been linked with us again, which is wonderful. Because I've, I've absolutely uh, since he's been linked, I've been binging, absolutely binging YouTube videos of him, and he looks incredible. And I know they always do, blah, 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 but he's you know he's mustered a lot of big teams in for him. Um, it's reported in the Daily Mail today that in demand Fiorentina sensation Dusan Vlahovic is set to snub Arsenal as his agents don't want to speak to them. <laughs> Keep saying this. This comes up every single week. It's, like it's like Arsenal keep going. Can can we? Uh, are we allowed to speak to Dusan yet? No, <laughs> we don't want to speak to you. How many times do, you, do we have to go to the press with this again? We don't want to speak to you. It is the same line, isn't it, T? Every single time. Same bar. It'd be nice if you get him before the derby because that'd be even more fun if he scored than that. He said, but he would. He would be willing to join Tottenham with Man United and fierce rivals City also eyeing up a swoop. That's a good transfer story when you've got swoop in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, talking about 80 million and 200 grand a week wages. though. But uh, fuck it, we'll give it to Ndombele. We can give it to him. Um, yeah, I think that'll do, kids. Let's just uh, have a, a quick look through uh, any other questions uh, and then we can... Uh, we can move on. Um, uh, Billy Morgan. So go on. When's our next game? Uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, our New Year's Day Watford, isn't it? Yeah. That'd be good. Smash those little pigs. Is it home or away? all the games now. It's away. It's away. It's fine. Um, Billy McCong. McCong. Billy McCong. Billy McGon. He says the best, uh, he asks, what's the best moment of 2021? I know I haven't prepped you for this, boys. Is there anything that pops into your head about the very best moment? What bit in this calendar year has made you feel absolutely fantastic? Conte's arrival. It would yeah. be that for me, isn't it? Yeah. And hands down, it is that. Nuno Just... getting sacked is probably second best, but yeah. Conte's <laughs> arrival. That was how, how would you explain that to your kids? Like the Nuno, <laughs> just that whole Nuno saga. It was so weird, weren't it? It was like as soon as he signed, you're just waiting for it to end. It was, it was a uh, yeah, an absolutely, um, absolutely bizarre situation. Um, one more thing, I want to end this podcast on Harry Kane. Um, he's back in the scoring. Uh, he's scored in the last three games. He scored against good opposition. Some quality goals. 
uh, should have had two against um, Southampton. He looks sharp again. Is he back, Rick? Uh, he's getting there. He's definitely getting there. I wouldn't say he's back, back, but he's back. That's what I'd say. And what else does he need to do for Dick in the mouth? Oh, mate. Just getting back, still, getting back still, to where it was. How, what's he got to do for you to I'm invite... Still, I'm still hurt. I'm still hurt. Yeah, but what's he got to do to invite you, for you to invite him round for a spag bowl again? Oh, for that, anything really. Just just to get him round to my house for a spag bowl would be amazing. You are um, weak-wheeled. Yeah, I know. Exactly. This is what I've been going on about. I am the worst <laughs> weak-wheeled person ever. Um, are we talking like yeah, a brace I'm against still... Arsenal? Is that, will that be enough to get him back in our good books? Or is he back in our good books? He's 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 back in my good books, but there's still uh, a bit of taste for me. And I think until um, something like winning a trophy mm. or um, I don't know, like a real kind of a, not back and uh, not even back to like, t- like performances where he's played out of his skin for 10 games in a row. Like he, and he single handedly marches us to <coughs> Champions league spot or something like that. Something quite significant. Then I will, um, I'll forget, but I am a football fan and I'm fickle as anything. So, he could probably score off his ass, and I'll be clapping like a seal. Yeah. <laughs> um, T, anything to add to that? Um, score in the semi-final. Better stat than me probably throw us what are the stats for Kane and semi-finals and finals? Can't be that great. I don't think he's um, ever got one, has he? He, if he does that, then yeah, I think in himself knows that's what he needs to do. Really, just get. Uh, Tottenham winning a trophy is something that we all want. Everyone in, involved in the club wants, but Kane has a big involvement in it. I think that would just be the icing on the cake. Um, Ajax semi-final, he was injured, injured himself against Man City. Um, he scored against Brentford in the semi last year in the Carabao Cup. Can't quite remember, but us winning and him being a big part of that would probably get get forgiveness from pretty much all corners. We've got a horrible question here from Nelson and Saha. God. He says, would you rather finish in fourth, just behind Arsenal in third, or finish fifth ahead of Arsenal in sixth? Uh, Fuck's sake. That is a great <laughs> question. Um, I wonder if it's above them. I, I feel bad for saying this. You want, just... what, you want Champions League too? I really do want Champions League. I love those. I mean, seeing the lights at the new stadium is nice. I mean, I know it's a bit, um, it's a bit wet, but... Oh, uh, man. get fifth just, place <laughs> fifth place yeah <laughs> I think also fifth place finish above them I know I know there's going to be people going no, it's small time you've got to think about yourselves it's all that sort of stuff you've got, we've got to concentrate on what we're doing not what we're, they're doing but they in part define us don't they their success is our misery our success is their misery and if, yeah, if we get fifth, do we get Europa? And if they get sixth, they don't get Europe or they get Conference League? No, they'd end they up in Europa. Yeah, both be in Europa. Oh, fucking Well, how hell. about that then? Sixth and seventh. So we go in Europa League and they go in... That's too easy. Right, so, yeah. So I think um, I think finish fifth in knowing that we will 100% finish in the top four. No, do you know what? It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Finishing top four... 
gives us so much more financial clout. Is it I though? Just... Because we've finished in the top four all those times and yeah, we signed Davidson stadium... Sanchez. We're building a stadium. Oh, here we go. I know, but just, just, just imagine that's true, T, just for a second. Let's suspend your disbelief. And just let's just imagine that the stadium isn't an issue anymore. We have Conte, we know we have to buy for. We've got Paratici's job is to find players. And we don't, all, the, only, the only major expense Spurs have to concentrate on is the playing staff. And if we get an extra 40 million in the coffers by being in the Champions League, and it might even be more than that, what might we do next year? But just for one season, finishing below Arsenal, and it would be just one season if all of that is true, then maybe we could swallow some tottering on Day for one year in the <sighs> knowledge in the knowledge that much better things were to come. Or oh, you, sold, or, you sold it to me then. Well, well no, let me give you another one. Or <laughs> or do you gamble everything on having not giving Arsenal that? And we will have a fantastic season next year. What? Where are you at? Are you a gambler or do you play it safe? I mean, I, I, I'm a gambler. Yeah, I, don't I gamble. roll the dice. We're saying roll the dice fifth, yeah? Yeah. T? I was wavering. I'm wavering a bit now, but I'll just take fifth. Fuck Your it. arsehole's puckering right now, isn't it? <laughs> massively, mate. Massively. 50p, all... 5p. <laughs> <laughs> I can always feel it from where I am. <laughs> it's like a pulse. Like a vroom, 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 vroom. A vibrating mobile phone. Like the ready black man. Yeah, like <laughs> my hole's got a glow around it. <laughs> the, the magic of T's ass. We've got a title for the pod, I think. Um right. Last thing. Uh, and this is from uh, Andreas Loftdager. He says, where are you at with Conte? We don't have to answer that, but he's, this is his scale. The lowest point is, I don't like Conte. It's impossible to go lower than that. The highest point is in this scale is whenever I masturbate or have sex, I can only think of Conte. I think he's killed three women in his life, Conte. Not even going to grace that with a response. <laughs> out of all the Premier League managers, he's he's most likely to have murdered women. All right, that's been the Fighting Club podcast. Thank you very much, Ricky. <laughs> Thank you very much, T. No Welcome, guys. And um, we'll see you all after the Watford game. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.